Welcome to another episode of Life Across Borders, a World Relief miniseries. Rodney is a father and an active member of his church and community in Memphis, Tennessee. And when it came to immigration, Rodney didn't see a reason for the U.S. to allow more people to come in. In fact, sometimes he even opposed the idea. But then, a World Relief staff member spoke at his church about God's heart for immigrants. Rodney was intrigued, and in this episode, World Relief's Karin Bryant talks to Rodney about the transformation he experienced after volunteering with World Relief, getting to know refugees and other immigrants on a personal level. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. I'm so glad you're here. As some of you may know, World Relief got its start in the United States to create loving, welcoming communities for immigrants. And we do that through 16 offices across the United States. And we could not do that without an incredible group of volunteers that come along with us and along with immigrant and refugee communities um, every single day. One of those people is Rodney Greener, who is joining me today. He works with our World Relief Memphis office. And you may have heard a little bit of his story before. Rodney has had an incredible change of heart when it comes to U.S. immigration. And I am so excited to hear more from him, to take a little deeper dive. And I'm really excited for you all to hear right from him. So Rodney, thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing your story. Maybe if you can just say a quick bit about, you know, who you are and where you come from, um, and then what your experience was volunteering at World Relief, maybe before the pandemic started and things changed a little bit. Okay. I'm um, a 69-year-old man, and I have... um, been working for World Relief, volunteering for like uh, two years, more than two years. And then you've got to factor in the COVID time that that we haven't been working. But uh, I was, uh, I've been a member of church, been a Sunday school teacher, youth leader and stuff like that. And uh, I just, I, I started coming to uh, World Relief basically because of a speech or a talk that a guy named David Frazier and he came and spoke to my son's Sunday school class and as a result of him speaking and him trying to tell me what David had said I I was a little bit concerned because James got it a little bit wrong in David's beliefs and stuff like that and so I said hey David won't you come and talk to my Sunday school class and let's get all this cleared up and so uh, that's what happened. And as a result of him coming in, giving, the, giving me the card and stuff like this, I started investigating. Uh, so it, it was pretty much um, God working things through my son to actually talking to him and seeing his presentation in our Sunday school class that led me to volunteer. And as I volunteered and started getting to know um, the staff that was there and the uh, immigrants that were in our facility. Um, it was, it, it, it was changing. Things changed in my life very much. So, I think I, I want to get back to exactly kind of what you were doing volunteering, but um, something that you said 
was really interesting to me because I think when a lot of times when people have a belief and they hear an opposing belief, there's an immediate wall that goes up. So what for you prompted you to ask more questions, to seek more knowledge rather than putting up that wall and, and saying, this is, you know, how I feel and I'm not going to listen to anything else. The, um, it was kind of interesting two, three years ago when things started to uh, change, I had kind of come to a time in my life and uh, I, I had devotional Bible study every day. And when I did that, I came upon uh, Ephesians 2.10 and you know, eight and nine, you know, by faith and not by works and stuff like that. But 10 says for, uh, for Christ has predestined us for good works that we should walk in them. And I did a, a more of a study on that. And I said, well, that means to me that every single day, God knows that there are good works that I should be doing. So I started praying, and this was my prayer. Lord, open me up to those opportunities so I can go do those good works that you want me to do and fulfill what you want me to do every single day. Soon after that, James had David Frazier in there, and then David Frazier was in my class. So don't pray if you don't want God to answer. So he started opening me up. And the, the thing that you mentioned earlier, uh, I'm from Mississippi originally, and I'm from the South, and basically immigration was a news headline. This immigrant runs over this person. Uh, these people kidnap this person and stuff like that. And so it's a tendency, I believe, for some people to get up there and put people into boxes and put one of those labels on top of it. And when you do that, you deprive God of the opportunity of saying, that's not the way it is always. There are ways that you can get to know people that, that should open you up to serving me better. And so because I was praying that I would be open, God said, let me show you something. And through David's presentation, and then uh, my, my next step was to go and take the two courses, learn about immigrants from instructors who were there. And then they had a coffee shop on Tuesday and Thursday nights. I said, I can drink coffee. So I went up there to drink coffee. And when I drank coffee around the table were people that were in the uh, ESL classes and they came in early and we all drank coffee together and we all started talking. And the thing that impressed me was I, I didn't have to do anything different. All I had to do was say, if I were to meet you, so, uh, you know, someplace, I would say, well, where are you from? What are you doing? How many, how many in your family? And then we got off into serious stuff like what you cooking at home, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I'm a big, you, can you can't tell by this little tiny box, but I'm a great big man. And so I love talking about food and how do you do that and, and stuff like that. But it's, it's basic things that, every single human has in common. And 
it's even opened up further than that, that God has kind of shown me that when I drive up to a red light and I see a homeless person standing there, the thing about it is, is God has shown me that the ground at the foot of the cross is level. Nobody stands above anybody else. And if I am by any means having a judgment of what I see in that person or what I think about that person, then I'm lifting myself up and I don't need to. I need to say that we're all even. Jesus Christ died for him. He died for me. And when he did that, then that makes us able to be on the same level, to be able to communicate, to be able to help each other. And if I have a knowledge of Christ, being able to share that with him. And that's kind of where sitting around the coffee table expanded into driving people home from ESL classes on Tuesdays. And then it was Tuesday, Thursday. Then it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So uh, I, I just, uh, I, I, I kept saying, Lord, I want to be open to you. And every time they presented me with the opportunity, I said, yes, as much as possible. I'm, I, I homeschool my kids, believe it or not, 69 years old and got a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old. And I'm teaching U.S. history. And just before we started this right here, I'm answering questions with my daughter about Tale of Two Cities. She's in her senior year and stuff like that. So God has stretched me all over the place. Even though it looks like it's a great big blob right here, I've been stretched. I mean, I'm everywhere. So Stretching is a, is a good thing. And I love your perspective about life being created equal and Jesus dying for all of us. Because I think so often we put those labels on people, whether it's immigrant or homeless. I mean, we put those labels on without seeing the person and yes. when you meet someone without those labels being known. It's a totally different experience. Right. Yes. And, uh, and like you've had getting to know the immigrants and clients that we're serving in our world relief offices. So I just thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, when you heard David speak, or maybe it was when you came to the classes that, that our office provided about immigration and immigrants, was there one or two things that most surprised you to learn? Well, like I said, um, I think it's human nature to put people in boxes. It helps us deal with society. It helps us to uh, manage our time. You, you look, well, that's a person that I really don't want to spend any time with because they are X or you are, oh, I want to spend time with this person because this person is Y, you know. And so when I started uh, being a part of that class, the thing, one of the things that impressed me most was they gave index cards and they said, according to the category, uh, name a name something that you have a car name something that you have in your house name something that you have all these different things and at the end of it you had like seven or eight cards and then they said okay we're just gonna have to move so you got to drop one of those things oh then i mean all of these are important but all of a sudden you got to give up one of them and they said now drop another one and now drop another one and to me, that just, that really hit me that 
the people that that I would be working with have given up so much in order to come here and try to seek a new life and stuff. And the headlines just said, bad, bad immigrant. They didn't say the sacrifice that some of these people have made in order to be here. And um, so that gave me a new perspective, even before I met the first person that these people are not just people that are coming to get, to take advantage of, of a situation. They have given up major things in order to be able to be here. And every last one of them, by coming to the uh, ESL class, they're trying to blend into our society. They're trying to learn it. They all of them usually have jobs that they're trying to support themselves. They have families that they will do almost anything for, which, you know, all of this is, you know, like my life, a reflection of my life so that these people were, you know, there and trying hard to fit in. And that, that was a eye opening, but it was a blessing too. I've, I've done that exercise too. It was one of actually one of the first things that I did with um, the director of our U S programs when I started working here. And yes, I, I agree. It's, it's a very eye-opening exercise to see the things you have to give up if you were, you know, to have to relocate or leave your home. Yeah. I've heard, and I love this phrase, you refer to yourself as a missionary here in the United States. Can you talk a little bit about why you feel that way um, about the volunteer work that you're doing? Well, I've, um... I come from a family of people that are not foreign to the idea of being, being a missionary. I had an aunt who was in Korea after the Korean conflict for, I think, 40-something years. I have uh, a sister-in-law and brother-in-law who have been to Russia, Vietnam, and different places and stuff like this. And a lot of times when I hear the word missionary, that's what I associate it with. But as I got to know the people that I was with and, you know, praying that God would give me opportunity to minister to people, I was actually a missionary leaving my home and the surroundings that I had at my home and going into a situation and being able to get to know people, being able to love on those people. You know, I believe that, that, uh, caring personality that that's something that's universal somebody knows whether or not you care about them or whether you're just putting on an act and god started giving me a love for these people and as a result of that it i kind of fell in love <laughs> even deeper you know I, I just the people were so good to be around and so funny. I used to love just kidding with them and stuff like that. We just would have one little thing. My wife and I were having our 30th anniversary. And I was at that time driving a group of about five or six um, women from the uh, Democratic Republic Congo. And we, they would just be going back and forth and back and forth between themselves speaking Swahili. And I said, well, how can, how can this happen? And every day I'd be praying, God, give me something. So what they understood of English, I said, I'm fixing to be married for 30 years. 
and I want to give my wife a special present, what I would like for you to do is teach me how to say I love you in Swahili. And they thought that was the funniest thing they ever seen in their life, you know. And uh, so uh, they started out, and you, you can, you might can tell I have a southern accent. So I think it's uh, Nakipundo, something like that. And so anyway, I was saying it all over the place, and they would just die laughing. They thought that was the funniest thing. And but I finally learned it, and I told it to my wife on our anniversary. But it went on beyond that because when I would take them home, when they get off the van, I would say, knock a punto. <laughs> They'd say it back to me and stuff like that and just laugh and everything. So it's that shared experience, even if it's just for 20 minutes driving them home and stuff like that. And uh, you know, sharing with each other, you know, life on life is, is, the, is the thing that I think is very important. There's nothing like an experience to really give you a different perspective. I, I had a friend who I met in high school um, who his family had immigrated here from Ethiopia. We still stay in touch a little bit. And as I came to World Relief, I, I asked him, I said, you know, was World Relief involved? Because we were in Wheaton, Illinois. World Relief has a huge presence there. And, and it was. And it's just like this full circle of him opening my eyes in a way that I, ne I never would have been open, um, you know, before meeting him. So those experiences are, they're powerful and they're so yes. important. They're so important. Um, speaking of those experiences, is there, um, you, you just share that beautiful one about your anniversary. Is there another person that you got to work with through World Relief who really touched your heart specifically? Well, I can, I can give you four. They were called the Mato Brothers, M-T-O, I think. And I might be butchering that name, but there was Swady, Lagutsu, uh, and then Peter and Patrick. And they were four brothers that came from the Democratic Republic of Congo. They were here in town. They were working. And then they were coming and going to uh, the language classes. And so they work all night and then they come in for the language classes and they were tired and stuff like, but we, we just cut up from the very first and we just started, you know, uh, laughing about my talking to them, them talking to me. And so from that, that we had, we had this, the full session, I forget it's six, eight, 10 weeks, something like that to go through. And by the time we got to the end of it, I was talking to them and I said, you have to come to my house. And so I invited them. Only two of them could make it, but we had chili and uh, sat around and talked. And uh, it was just a, a beautiful time. And the thing that impressed me was my wife was there. And they just wanted to talk to her because all of their family is back in Africa and being four guys in an apartment, the presence of a man and his wife just kind of touched him in a way. So here we go and had a great time with them. Uh, then right before the end of the class, they got up and said, we want to learn to drive. And so I would go over and 
get a car and we would start driving around the church parking lot, let them learning how to drive. I would, I would go in their apartment. We would study the driving license manual book thing like that. And I took them to the place to take the test and stuff like that. And while they, their class ended and then they didn't take the next class, but I still kept going over and visiting them. And they, I took them and they never did pass. <laughs> so it wasn't like this is, oh, here's this great story. He helped them get their life. No, uh-uh. <laughs> they failed bigger than anything. And uh, so, but after that, I got up and I said, what can we do? And so me and my son, James, took uh, three out of the four. It, it seemed like there was always somebody that couldn't go. Three out of four, we went to a place called Incredible Pizza, where they have electric go-karts inside the building. And my son got up there, and they were racing around there, driving those go-karts, having the biggest time. And you wouldn't believe how much they ate. It was buffet, all you could eat. Oh, me, I mean, they were just shoving pizza and all kinds of stuff. But we have stayed close. And I got a call from Patrick the other day who had moved to Montana, found a wife, and has brought her back here. He says, we got to get together. Everybody calls me Big Rod, but they couldn't get the Big Rod. So they, Big, come here, Big. We need to talk. <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So it's, 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 it's just been a great relationship. And as soon as this COVID thing gets so that everything seems to be working better, we're going to have all four of them, plus his wife, who is pregnant now, and we're going to have them out to the house and get to know them. So that, that's, that's kind of a long story, but that's who I, uh, the Mato brothers, they, they are very special to me. Before we go, I want to ask you, you've had these incredible experiences through your church, through World Relief Offices, just, you know, really through your faith and God calling you to these situations and bringing people and thoughts into your life, what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe not sure about their stance on immigration? There's a lot in the news right now, so it's a really hot topic, but what advice would you give to somebody who's, who's questioning some of that still? Well, um, I guess the thing about it is, is that I'm reading the same headlines that you are. I, I, I see crisis at the border. I see, you know, all of these things coming. Along with this, I hear reports that people who are coming in, there are people who are, are dying because of trying to get here. Hear about women and children being sexually exploited and stuff like that. So the coming in this direction is, is hard on all of them. Then I look at the other side, just unrestrained coming in. I separate that from my volunteer stuff. That is news. That is things that I can't substantiate. I, I feel for all those people who are coming in and who are being exploited and stuff like that. But I, can, I can't do anything from right here about that. I feel sad for them. I feel 
I would like for them to be taken care of better, and I think maybe there's a better way of doing it. But that's up in Washington, and that's down on the border and stuff. What I can do is remain open to God. And I've, I've, I've gotten to a point where I recognize yesterday is past. All I can do is ask for forgiveness for my sins. Tomorrow is not promised to me. So what I have to do is with this 24 hours that God gives me, I need to try to find the good works that he has planned for me, be open to him, to let him uh, work in my life, give me guidance. I mean, David coming into the class, if you want to call it a fluke, or if you want to call it God's providence, you know, you can call it what you want to. But through that, if you're remaining open, I believe that God is going to give you opportunity. I have opportunities to talk to the ladies at, at, at the Kroger store when I go get my groceries. I have people that every single day I pray where I know I'm going, my credit union, uh, the pharmacy. I pray for the people who are there and pray for opportunities for God to open up for me to talk, to bless them, to you know, they, they, they know me as a crazy man because I'll get up there and start singing in front of people and stuff like that, you know, because I'm just, I, I want to bring joy to people's lives and stuff. And you might not have my personality, but the thing about it is, is God has given everybody gifts. How are you using the gifts that God has given you? If nothing else, I, I just spend time in prayer praying for the people, praying for the countries around the world where you see things happening, praying for people that you have known, praying for the people that God might bring into your life. And it's just, it's just that openness to letting God use you. You know, Jesus didn't hold back anything at all. And the people that were around him on the cross they weren't very nice to him, and yet he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I, I, people around me, I can be partially, little bit of Jesus in their life every day. If I'm praying and God is preparing me, and God gives me words to say to these people, to encourage, to make them laugh, to pray for them later on. It's every day is, is an opportunity. And if I'm not here tomorrow, then I've done everything that I can today to serve him. So that's what I would say. I don't know how to end this better than what you just said, just to being open and to doing good work, you know, each day, taking it day by day. So yeah. with that, um, I just want to share with people that if, that are listening, if they do want to get more involved with their local offices or interested in volunteering and perhaps having some of these incredible experiences that you have, they can find their local offices on our website at worldrelief.org slash US dash locations. So Rodney, thank you just so much. I so appreciate it. Can't say it enough times. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Life Across Borders. To learn more about World Relief and get involved, visit www.worldrelief.org. And join us on social media. We are at World Relief 
on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.